issue, right? I think the internet has made it so easy for us to apply for jobs, but it's made it very hard for us to get noticed, right? Get in front of the right person, you can't prove anything. So I feel like visibility is more important than ability because... Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast on how to get a job. I'm super excited for today's guest. I have Marianne Matteris, and she is a career development lead at Indeed.com. If you're looking for a job, I'm sure you've heard of that website. And she's also a career coach at Green with Purpose. Welcome. How are you? Hi, Daniel. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Really excited to be here and dive in and talk about a lot of great stuff around career and jobs. I am super excited to talk about all things career and jobs. Um, and I kind of want to start with talking about um, Indeed. So you, you've been working there for some time. Um, why do you think uh, Job Seekers has used that platform and has become so popular? And I also want to start talking to like, what is the best way to use that platform to get a job? Yeah, really great question. And there's a lot to break that down. So what I'd love to share is, you know, uh, I think Indeed now is spending a lot of time uh, in its advertising to promote the product. But before that, uh, those who were job seekers just knew of the site because it was largely one of our largest um, websites out there that are helping uh, those to find a job. And so it just became like a household name, like Indeed, okay, that's where I go to find a job. But the capabilities have definitely uh, increased over the years, I would say, you know, just like uh, the LinkedIn out there, we have where you can make a profile, uh, you can do easy apply, that way you can track uh, finding jobs that serve you. And then it also just allows you to be able to save jobs, maybe for a later date to apply when you have the time and availability. And then also allows you to answer in there if um, a recruiter or hiring manager is reaching out. So it does have a lot of great uh, features that allow you to have it all as like a one-stop shop so that you can track your progress uh, as the job seeker. That, that's amazing. And we'd love to learn a little bit more about what you do at Indeed. So like, I know that you're a lead program manager in the career development side, but what does that mean to us that don't understand the corporate jargons? Sure. Sure. Yes, I know. It's just another title, right? But a very exciting one. And I hope after today, you'll think of career development in a very unique and fun way. So my title basically means that I oversee all of the career development programming that exists at Indeed for all of our global employees, which we have 12,000 mm. employees. And so think of it in the sense of everything from career exploration to career discovery, uh, to reflection, to networking. Those are the things I'm focusing on harnessing in to support Indeedians uh, as they are working uh, in, in the current uh, field. And that's just how we approach it even um, on the other end, because that's what our product does. We're helping the job seeker. I'm helping the internal job seeker, which is what we call the Indeedian. I love it. And so what's cool is that not only do you have your full-time job at Indeed, but you also are a career coach and you have your career coaching company, Green With Purpose. So we'd love to learn about that venture and how you help clients get jobs through your career coaching. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what I want to share, uh, just a little of a backstory is, you know, I've been in the uh, recruitment, talent development, coaching space for over a decade now. I went back and got my master's in higher education. And when I was doing that, I realized that there was this disconnect in corporate. So even though I wanted to leave, I was like, you know what, I'm going to stay because I have something I need to do. I have something I need to prove and I have something I need to help others with. And so 
you know, what happened was I just kind of became that token friend or family member, like go to Marianne to get your resume reviewed, go to Marianne to get uh, an interview prep, go to Marianne to find out a referral or connection. And then just because that felt more organic and was like the easy part of my day, I realized I can do this and I want to do this. And so even though, again, I'm helping um, those internally at Indeed, and even though we're helping the job seeker out there, I'm also uh, leveraging my uh, Green With Purpose coaching to help those who are looking for jobs, looking to brand themselves, looking to network, and just looking to help anyone find purpose or their career home. Amazing. So you have seen it from both sides, right? From the recruiter side, from working for one of the largest like platforms that helps job seekers get jobs from the career coaching side that you started out with friends and family. And now you do this, you know, with, with clients, what do you think is the biggest challenge that job seekers face when looking for a job in 2023? Yeah, well, right now is a very, very, uh, competitive and interesting time. You know, there have been just uh, an innate sense uh, in the tech industry of massive layoffs, which just means we have a very saturated market of job seekers. And there's been different points of the year because it's depending on when companies have budgets, um, when they're actively looking. So, you know, right now it, there might be a little bit of a peak in or a spike in those who are looking to look for work. But then, you know, maybe the end of the year when it's the holidays, there's not as many jobs. And so that's what's really making it difficult right now is just that there's a lot of those who are pursuing and looking for roles. And then just that AI is booming and that roles are being taken over because of AI. And now, again, competitive advantage have to prove ourselves and our skill sets in order to land the role. Absolutely. And what do you think a candidate can do to help them stand out in this market? Yeah. So there's a there's a lot that one can do. Uh, you know, I know I just talked about helping people with their resume and that's still very near and dear to my heart, but it's not the resume that's going to save you at the end of the day. It's actually your community, your network. And so if you're not putting yourself out there every day to make at least one new connection, you're doing a disservice to yourself. And it can start very small. Start with your internal network, your friends, your family, your alumni, and then branch out to like, uh, those who maybe you've gone to school with, those that you've worked with before, those you've collaborated with. And then the idea there is you're kind of paying it forward. You know, maybe in that moment, that person might not have an opportunity for you. But the idea is you now got their name, your name in their mouth, and they can advocate for you in the future or be able to share about your experiences and your exposure. I always say staying on top of your game with learning um, is a competitive advantage. So making sure that you can, and I don't mean go back to school, but try to get certificates or upskill with things such as like Udemy, Coursera, edX. And those are things that then can enhance your resume or your LinkedIn profile. That way you can stay uh, ahead. of. Would you say what's more important when you're first starting to look for a job, visibility or ability? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say visibility. Yeah. And the reason I say that is, you know, we all nurture what we're doing, what we're becoming great at. And although we want to keep enhancing, elevating, and learning, uh, if you can't get in front of the right person, you can't prove anything. So I feel like visibility is more important than ability because then, uh, you know, 
you need to get in front of others before you can actually show what you can do or what you've built or what you've created. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I think, especially uh, as you're coming out of college, your first job out of college, like visibility becomes more important than your ability because uh, there isn't a lot of difference between like, if you're all graduating with a software engineer degree, or if you're all graduating with a business degree, your skill sets are not dramatically that much different. So there, there'll be some marginable, you know, some people who are a little bit more technical or savvy than others, but in terms of it, I think the visibility becomes more important. It's why we hear that now most of the jobs are filled through networking, right? Through relationships. And I think that's where what you were mentioning earlier, like at least connect with one person a day, start with your family and friends, go to the people you went to school with and continue to expand your network. And I think that's why website or, or websites like LinkedIn are such an amazing place for you to build a, uh, a network. Even if you don't know anybody, even if you are the first one in your family to go to college, even if you are the first one who, in your family to want to build a career in tech or pharmaceuticals or manufacturing, you name it. Like, don't let your network uh, or your people you know limit you on meeting and building those relationships. Because if you think about it, you we all know people who are less qualified than you that have the job that you want or have done the things that you that you've done. Like, um, I, I, I sometimes we 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 feel with that like. Uh, if we look at Instagram, I, I do this all the time. Like, I think as a human, I, I look at someone and they're like, man, they just did a TEDx. Like, I I should do a TEDx. Like, if they could do it, why did, did, I, get, I, did I not get an opportunity? Like, I've been speaking for longer. I have a better speaking resume. I have better social media following. I've been in business longer. And how did this person do it? They've been in business for a year. And the reality is they had the relationship. They had the visibility. I sure I had more ability, but they had the visibility. And so, um, and I can't be mad at them. I can only be mad at myself for not build, building those relationships myself. Yeah, total agreement. And I love how you brought that all up. Uh, it's, it is really important, especially when you're coming out of school. And I think it's only fair to say that that's probably when it's going to feel the most overwhelming because it's not a muscle that you've been exercising. Yeah. So like any good thing, you have to put the effort in to see uh, the return on investment. So, uh, you know, starting small always helps. And then you build again, right on a habit, and then it'll be easier to do uh, day to day. So that brings me to another kind of question or essentially another debate uh, that that can happen. Do you focus on the quantity of applications or the quality of applications? Yeah, yeah. Love the question. And, you know, I think it can come up in a few different ways and hear me out. So um, the way I'd like to approach it or share to others, and maybe it's a tidbit that you can take back with you today, is really the quality of the application, the resume, the visibility. And the reason for that is, again, it's what's going to set you apart uh, from others. More times than not, all I hear are people saying, oh, I just um, upload and submit. And I'm like, for every single job, not every single job has the same qualifications. Uh, and especially if you're going in, you know, maybe something that's in a sim similar area, but it's in a different um, function or department, you're hurting yourself because it's not pulling the same buzzwords or key themes that you're looking uh, to speak to. So you have to treat it as an art. You have to really, you know, hone in on like, I'm going to be focusing my energy on these roles to have, you know, X resume. But then if you're changing it up, you need to also have a few others. And uh, that's the reason why it falls to the bottom of the pile. You know, AI is playing such a huge part. So if you're not nailing the buzzwords that are in the job description, you're immediately getting pushed to the bottom. But like I said, 
in this saturated market, you're looking at 200 to 500 people applying to one role, you need to be smarter, which means you need to get in front of actually the hiring uh, manager or the real recruiter and do more talking than about uploading um, a resume. But I do come back to the quantity part because all of those features, you know, on LinkedIn or on uh, Indeed or any of these other application sites uh, where it says easy apply, well, you want to make sure you're banking on those. And the reason for that is when you're at low energy, you can go back to the easy apply and just kind of submit, 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 and then return back to your uh, job strategy uh, or job search strategy. That way uh, you can put more energy and effort again when you need to either redo your resume or be able to find another new connection out there. Yeah, and, and that was kind of like the question that I had for you after. It's like I, you see it, the easy apply button, you know, become very popular on both LinkedIn and Indeed and pretty much every job search platform out there has their own variation of making it very easy for the candidate to apply. But I think that's the, to me, I, I think, that solution then creates an issue, right? I think the internet has made it so easy for us to apply for jobs, but it's made it very hard for us to get noticed, right? Because it's easy for you to apply to 100 jobs in a, in a day, right? Because of easy apply button. That also means that the companies now are getting hundreds of applicants, if not thousands of applicants, which then now they have to figure out how to filter those out. And then they have to say, okay, what tools do we need? Like, we do we need to use an applicant tracking system and create more filters to be able to have a manageable amount of applications that our sourcing team and recruiting team can handle. And, and I think that that solution creates, there's, uh, there's cons and, cons and, uh, pros and cons in, in, in all this situation. And I think you're right. Like, I think there is a time to hit the easy apply button, but I also don't think that that's the solution. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement with you too. There's another few ways to look at this and, you know, for everyone to take with them today. Uh, you know, when I think about the easy apply, I am thinking about companies that are more progressive. And what I mean by that is they're looking to enhance the uh, candidate experience by making you apply in less than five clicks, right? Anything more than that, we don't have the brain capacity or think about when you're looking at an application and you're like, I have to fill this whole thing out. You've got to be kidding me. But those are the companies that are using AI to filter the thousands of resumes that are coming in. So that's why you have to be smart again uh, in how you leverage and apply and using buzzwords in uh, your resume or even your cover letter to support you so that you can at least get into the top 10 uh, threshold. Uh, I hate to use the word archaic, but the companies that are still leveraging where you need to fill it out entirely are maybe not the best ones to actually be approaching uh, only because, you know, then think about just the market. You know, you want to be in a more competitive or technical company that uh, just has a lot going for it uh, and, you know, is more progressive than that, that is a little bit, you know, behind the times. Yeah. All right. Another question. Do I network and uh, do I network first or apply and apply second or do I, I apply first and network second? You want to network first always. The reason for that is the power of a referral. If you apply first, you've already hurt yourself by not being able to use the referral option that are, is at many companies and organizations. And so networking allows you to kind of go behind the scenes, right? And, you know, especially on Indeed and LinkedIn, um, if you pay for certain services, you can um, see, you know, who's actually posting said job and then think about it. 
that's what they do for a living. So they know they're going to be reached out. Lots of people are like, oh, I'm shy. I don't want to do that. But that's what everyone else is doing. So reach out to them, write them a message, write them a compelling message, not something that's like, I want this job. I need this job. You need to make it authentic to you, which is like, you did the research about the company. You did the research about the person and show them that you've also looked at the mission, the vision, the values, how it connects with you to show that there's a human behind it and not just another person that's like, please give me something. And then the idea is once you've been able to connect that way, or let's say you found the person who's maybe on the team or just through another area of service, then you can say after building some rapport, would you mind being a referral for me for this company? And referrals get looked at before an external hire. So that's where I would say it's important that you network first before you apply because you hurt yourself when you apply and then you network and find the person after. So interesting. I used to agree with you 100% and throughout time, I've actually flipped to the other side. And let me explain my thoughts on yes, that, right? Sure. Like, um, I love a good I, challenge. Yeah, you know, I think this is why, I, I, you know, I think when we can have a, a debate like this or, and even talk through it, right, the audience wins because then the audience can then listen, decide, hey, you know what? I can resonate with what you're saying or I can resonate with what Daniel's saying and be able to make their decision on whether they want it do it either way. I think if you have more than six months to get a job, like if you're currently in a job and you're looking to make a career change, a thousand percent, I agree with you. I think you have the luxury of time. You have the ability to network. And especially if it's not a level entry role, jobs that are the higher they are, the more they're relying on relationships and networking. Now, if you have less than three months to get a job, so like you recently graduated college, you're about to graduate college. Um, I think you don't have the luxury of time. You don't have the luxury to bank everything on a, a networking first, hoping that something will show up in a time because you have to get a job. Your bills are coming in and things like that. So I actually believe if you have less than three months to get a job, you should apply first, network second. Sure. Does that take you away from not being able to get a referral? Yes, it does. But if you can gain visibility after you've applied and put your name in that, like put your name in the hat, right? Put your name in the application process and use your relationships that you build after you've applied to get visibility to your job, you can still get to the interview. Because if you think about this, at a base case scenario, and a referral gets you to the interview. Like that's the goal of the referral. Like no one's going to refer you and guarantee you a job. Like sure, it can be like the best employee ever. They'll be like, yeah. Let's bring them in. You still have to go through the interview. There's still a, a sort of a, a vetting process. And if your name's on the hat, you might not be able to get a referral. That person might not be able to get a referral bonus. All of that is true. But if you're networking with the people in the right department or even the decision makers, and they can see that your name's already in the system, they can look you up and bring you in. I think so to me that that the, this essentially like this little debate is more about the time frame that you have. And so I think it's like a trick question because if you do have time if you are currently working you can do, networking i would agree with you is the best move yeah i mean i love your approach and i love the challenge and again it makes me think about the features and i'll specifically bring up linkedin for example and i hope all of our uh you know early undergrads are getting on there as well but if you soak up that linkedin premium you are letting yourself get into an avenue where you can get the names of those who actually posted the role. So you're doing um, 
double time, which is like you can apply, but know the person almost immediately um, in a short amount of time. Uh, and I know that that's what undergrads, you know, look for too. like, how can I maximize my time um, with less uh, money or support? Right. So, you know, if you're looking in that three month time frame to, to hope to get a job, um, you know, doing that in double time will, will definitely uh, support one no, in the journey. Absolutely. So I know that you have amazing career coaching programs, but can you tell us a little bit more about your services, your programs, and how can the audience learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah. So, I mean, I am on LinkedIn under Marianne Matteris, and you can also find me on Instagram under Marianne Matteris. But with Green With Purpose, uh, what I want to share with all of you is um, I have a variety of services that I offer, things that range from just kind of a la carte, you know, if you're just looking to set up your job search strategy, or if you're looking to have some LinkedIn optimization and resume review. I also um, am certified as an MBTI Myers-Briggs uh, practitioner, as well as Standout Strengths by Marcus Buckingham. So I also offer assessment uh, debriefs. That way, those can understand their motivation, strengths, and behaviors to show up better at work. And then I also have um, an offering that's over a four week time that allows uh, for someone to uh, find their purpose. And so what happens is we foundationally look at, you know, where you are, what are your strengths, motivations, behaviors, what's your previous career history? What are you looking to obtain in the future? What are the roles out there that would support that? Amazing. Amazing. So we'll definitely put a link to your social media and um, all the links in the show notes. So for anybody listening, if you guys want to learn more, definitely check below. Uh, Marianne, thank you so much for being here. And for everyone listening, thank you guys so much and catch you guys on the next episode. All right. So in today's rant, I actually want to go deeper into the conversation that I just had with Marianne. And one of the topics that we were debating, right, was the fact about quality versus quantity. And we both actually agreed on this, but I actually want to talk about the two different sides and the two different parties that you are thinking about. Do we go on quality? Do we go on quantity? Do we apply to one company? Do I apply to a thousand? And I think the answer is not what you think. It shouldn't be one or the other. In fact, I believe quality is more important than quantity, but if you can do both of them, that is the wooden formula. So let me walk you through how I think you should get there. Step number one, you need to understand that every company has limited resources. And because of that, they can only hire certain people. Every time they hire someone, they're making an investment. And so what you need to understand is why is the company hiring? How is the role that they're hiring for either makes or saves the company money? When you are applying the shotgun approach, the quantity approach, where you apply to every single company, you're not taking the time to identify what is the problem that the company has that they're trying to solve by hiring for this role. That is where you need to slow down and improve your quality. Understand the need that the company has. What are they looking for? What is the soft and technical skills that the companies are looking for for that particular role? That is why customizing your resume to the job description is key to be able to communicate how you solve that problem even better. Because the job description and the way that it's listed, it talks about what are the skills needed to solve the problem. And so when you can prioritize your resume to the skills that are on the job description, it's going to dramatically increase your chances of getting to the interview. And that is the key 
here. When you improve your quality of the application because you have clarity on what you want and how you can solve the company's problem, you're going to dramatically increase the number of interviews. To me, you should be aiming at 10 to 20% of your applications turning into interviews. So if you're applying to 100 companies a week, which to me is a lot, you should be getting 10 to 20 interviews a week. That's impossible. So that is why I believe that the best mix of quality and quantity is about 10 to 15 quality applications a week because that should lead to two to three applications a week. And that's way more manageable. You can prepare for the interviews and you'll get a job faster. Now, one thing it's also too important that every time you apply for the job, you should be networking with at least five people in that company. As you heard in our conversation, uh, the debate on should you network first and apply second or should you apply first and network second? I strongly believe if you have less than three months, apply first, quality application, network second. Use your networking as a way to get visibilities to get to the interview. And if you can mix that and once you're able to increase the quality of your application, it's totally fine if you're doing 15, 20, 30 applications a week as long as you're applying to enough companies with quality and you're networking right after. So here's what I found to be the sweet spot. 10 applications a week. That means networking with 50 people a week, and that should lead to one to two interviews a week. If you're following that kind of formula and you do that for about 10 weeks, you're going to see that you will get an offer. That's my debate. If you enjoyed this episode and you find value, give it a like, subscribe, and please share it with your friend. We can't do this podcast without your support, so we really, really appreciate it. And if you're a job seeker and you're looking for help in your job search process, make sure you hit the link below so you can learn more about what we do at Opni. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode.